and then um, we'll just jump right in, if that's okay with you guys. We'll do things a little bit differently today, a little out of order with our order of service. First uh, Corinthians chapter two, verse one. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. We impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now, if we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. I'd like to open up in a word of prayer and then uh, we'll get started. God, your word is, is food. Uh, we live... Each day, uh, not by bread alone, but by the words that come from your mouth, Lord. I pray that as we, as we search the scriptures here today, as we, as we read your word, you'll make it plain to us uh, that the revelation you've provided for each one of us today will be fully experienced, Lord. We give you the glory in all things, and we just praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen. So, yeah, you heard something? Motorcycle or a big truck? Yeah, you want to raise your hands today? Today would be a good day. Okay. <laughs> so I'll just jump through. I'd like to just go through uh, the scriptures sort of verse by verse, so section by section, and and show you what the, the Holy Spirit's been uh, showing me this week as I've been researching uh, this passage. Uh, you see Paul start off in the first three verses. He says, uh, I have nothing impressive to say, and that's true of me today. I don't really have anything new. I don't have a, a catchy headline. All right, If this was a news show, you'd change the channel because the headline would be kind of boring. Uh, if this was a Facebook post, today's message, you'd probably scroll right on past. Uh, but hopefully you'll stick with me. Hopefully we can, we can demonstrate what's actually being talked about here so that it, it comes alive and it, it, uh, 
it has some meaning for you at the end, to the end of the day today. So what I'd like to do is sort of show how this text is broken apart in my Bible. And so as I was going through, I see there's two headlines for chapter 2 in 1 Corinthians. The first one is proclaiming Christ crucified. That's sort of like the section, and that takes you up through verse 5. And then from 6 through the end of the chapter, the title for me is The Wisdom of the Spirit. And so those aren't the title of my message today, but it's sort of two phases of our experience as Christians, and I want to talk to you about that today. First experience we have when we get saved, right, is we get filled up with what Jesus has to say, all right? And so my desire is that we'll have an understanding of that word filled today in two, se two senses. Um, so the first thing I'd like to do in order to demonstrate this is I had a, a bunch of slides, but as I went to switch the cords earlier, I bent one of the prongs. So we're actually going to, I'd ask that you participate and you, you stand up and read. Uh, so I'll say a verse, and if you just want to stand up and read it aloud so we can all hear it. This first section, we have uh, six, six or seven verses. This is all what I think happens when you get saved, when you, when you become a Christian. This is the first phase of being a Christian. So uh, if someone could stand up, Elijah could probably do this first one um, and read John 3.16. <clears throat> and then I'm just going to keep naming the verses, and if the Lord speaks to you that like, you want to read one, go ahead. Uh, the second verse will be Romans 5.8. 1 Peter 1.3. You, you want to go one at a time? You want me to call, call names? All right. Uh, Dave Dunn, you want to read John 3.16. Scott Donovan, Romans 5.8. Scott Groshner, 1 Peter 1.3. Greg Miller, Psalm 40, verse 3. Pat Hicks, Colossians 3.16. And Phil Dunn, you want to read 1 Corinthians 2.4. Go ahead, Dave Dunn, whenever you're ready. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Yeah. But God commanded his love toward us, in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Okay, so we have, hold on there, we have eternal life. We have a Christ that died for us. And these are all things that we learn as a new Christian, that Jesus pours into our lives. Go ahead, Scott. First Peter. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the pilgrims of the dispersion of Pontius, Galatia, Capadoc, Asia, and First Peter one three. What? First Peter one three. Blessed be the God of, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Psalm 40, verse 3. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and hear the Lord and put their faith and trust in him. Colossians 3, 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, 
in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Hmm. Go ahead, Phil. First Corinthians two four. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man, wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Thank you. So we'll go through that process again, but praise God that when we get saved, when we believe in Jesus, He fills us with these promises. He gives us a new song. He gives us hope. He gives us eternal life. He puts His love inside us. He puts His goodness inside us. Can you, can you praise God for that today? Amen. When we get saved, this is the word that's used for fill, to fill up. Like when Jesus filled the cisterns, he poured something in, into. That word fill actually means what we, what we think it means, to fill up, to... The process of being saved, stuff is removed, and Jesus fills us, up, fills us up, little by little. It doesn't happen all at once, of course. It takes a whole lifetime for us, in some cases. Um, but that's what the, the word is that when the word of Christ dwells in you, Richly, when Jesus poured himself out, it, it actually is a physical stuff is coming in. And if you follow along that path, you get filled to the brim. Praise God. <coughs> Sorry, a little tickle in my throat. But the passage doesn't stop here. It goes on. So I'll go on. In verses 6 to 7... In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, Yet among the mature, we, we do impart wisdom, although it's not a wisdom of this age, or rulers of this age, who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God. And I would encourage you today that that's the secret, the secret wisdom. That's what the enemy doesn't want you to know is that when you get saved, you actually have the capacity to be filled by Jesus. You can actually serve him. You can actually love him. You can love others by the way he fills you up. A lot of times we discount the fact that we have sin in our life or we're not, we don't have perfection in a way that we expect it of ourselves. But that's okay. God takes our lawlessness and he takes our sin and he redeems that. And so being filled in the sense where stuff's going in isn't the end of the story. If if our relationship with Christ was a sentence, the resurrection isn't necessarily an exclamation point, but a dot, 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 right? Because he promised something new was coming, right? Who was coming? The Holy Spirit was coming to help us, to comfort us. And so that's what I'd like to, to look further into. Because if that's enough, that's enough to get started. But I think God calls us to more. And so... We see it laid out here back up in verse 5 when Paul says, It's that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And so proclaiming Christ, his goal wasn't so that you would know the stuff, so that the stuff would be put inside you, the knowledge, which can enter your head and not necessarily your heart. But this, this goal of proclaiming Christ and, and our goal of proclaiming Christ to others doesn't end here. 
It says that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul proclaims Christ so that he can have people's faith rest in the power of God. And that's an amazing thing. And Paul gets to that as we go down this, this passage in verse, verse 9. He, he goes through, I guess, in verse 8, he says, None of the rulers of this age understood it, and, and for all intents and purposes, we might not either. Uh, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, as it is written, with what no eye has seen, or nor, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. And so Jesus died on the cross to save your sins. He, he gives you a relationship with him so that he can fill you up with all the goodness and with all his, his love and with his word to teach others and to proclaim Christ to others. But we see that the story doesn't end there, right? Because we may not have seen the cross. We may not have heard what is said, but it's recorded. We can, we can read. We may not have imagined what God has prepared for us. And so Paul goes on to say, the power is a lot greater. The power that is to come is better. It's better that I go so that it can send the comforter. And so praise God that he's far above anything that we've ever imagined. As we, as we look at the cross and we, we see the beauty of it and the the glory of its resurrecting power, there's more for us to experience. And it comes through the Holy Spirit. I'd like to, to, to go back to Scripture. I'd like to, to look at what happens when that power comes upon you. When that, that filling from Christ happens and Christ is proclaimed to you, what should happen next? And so I have some, some, a new set of verses that I'd like to go through. I'll just uh, name some people. Margaret, if you'd like to read Luke 1, 41 to 42. Linda, if you'd read Luke 1, 67. Diane, if you'd read Acts 2, 4. Sandy, if you would read Acts 4, 8. Joanne, if you'd read Acts 4.31. And Deb Groshner, if you would read Acts 13.9. Okay, there's two things that happen in each one of these verses, and so we'll try at the end of reading these verses to pick out the two things that happen. All right, go ahead. Luke 1, 41 and 42. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Thank you. And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Thank you. And they were filled all, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts 4, 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel. Thank you. Acts 4, 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, where they were assembled together. And they were all filled 
Thank you. Acts 13, 9. But Saul, also known as Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him. Nine. And? Is there another word there? Yeah, that's in the ten. Okay. And said. <laughs> and said. Uh, yeah, that, I think you can stop there. <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was in verse nine. I might, might have uh, looked at it. All right, so what are the two things happening in each one of these verses? What's the first thing that happens? In, uh, they're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. And then what do they do when they're filled with the Holy Ghost? They spake. Something came out. The word of Christ went into them. The Holy Spirit went into them. And it wasn't just enough that that went in. Stuff started coming out. And so that's, that's what we're going to look at here, right? All these people knew Christ. They had the word of, of Jesus while they were on earth. And we have the word of Christ in Scripture that we can, we can look at. And so when all these people who knew Christ, they had his words... Something else happened. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And now I've heard and read some things where people asked about refilling. Do we need to be refilled? Because throughout Scripture, people get filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. And so, I don't know about you, but that cup is full. Yeah? And praise God that when Jesus saves us and when he fills us up, he fills us full, and we don't have to be refilled, right? Jesus' power saves us once and for all when we truly believe in him, yes? But there's still more, and the word filled here changes. When we talk about what Christ fills us with, it's the word to fill up, to fill to the brim. But as we go through the New Testament and we see the acts of the people who were filled with the Holy Spirit, we see what's next for us. We're influenced to speak, right? We're influenced to tell others about him. And so the picture that we get here is, is not just to be filled. That's not what, the, not what the word filled means in these passages. The word filled means full to the point of influencing what's around you. The word inspired, is, the word inspired for us comes from this word filled. And so we don't understand it as we, don't, we have to get rid of things and we have to bring more in, right? That's not the picture here. The picture is what's inside us from the salvation of Christ comes out. It comes out through our words. It comes out through our actions. The things that, that we say and do matter after we accept Christ. I'd like to go back to the text here and talk about this next step. If you go down to verse 12, it says... Like many of us here, we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And I'll stop there. The end game of our salvation is not to be filled to the brim. As good as it is, as awesome as it is, as inspiring as that is, that's not the purpose God has for our salvation. I would argue that the purpose that God has for our salvation comes in the next phrase of verse 13. And it, I don't think it matters what version of Scripture you have. Go ahead and just read out loud the start of verse 13 to that first comma that shows up in your Bible. Go ahead and say it out loud. These things we also speak. 
Okay? And so the end game is not that we get filled up. Right? In verse 12, we get the, we get the salvation. We receive the Spirit. And it teaches us the things that we need to understand so that in verse 13, we can start to impart. Right? So the word for filled doesn't mean just fill yourself to the brim. Don't just get fed all the time. Don't just always be a consumer. But the power of the Holy Spirit and the majesty of the Holy Spirit is so big that you could just keep pouring out. Right? Here's the picture. Going to have some water damage. <laughs> right? <laughs> Stuff comes out gets spread around. Everything around you gets affected by what's inside of you, right? And there are times when you feel half full or half empty if you're pessimist. But (laughs) thank God he refills you in a way where you can believe in him. And it just continues. It's overflowing. This word influence, it means to overflow. When they get filled, it doesn't stay inside. They don't just go to meet with the church in order to get fed, right? This is the picture of what happens. And when you think that God is done with you, he says, no way. Okay, because our God is all powerful. You can't even imagine, right? In verse 12, you can't even imagine what's prepared for you. So since this is not really catching, I'm not going to dump this five-gallon bucket of water in there, but I, I did have it in... Right? Based on what happens with you, the things around you get affected. And so, this passage is one that I would skip over a lot. Right? This seems easy. We get saved, we get the Holy Spirit, we get moving on. Then we go to chapter 3, and it's automatically about divisions in the church, people fighting in the church. About this, this thing, right? And so, people, people in 1 Corinthians, in Corinth, they were. They were of the world, right? They were attached to worldly things. But uh, I won't go there. Maybe another day. The, the filling of the Holy Spirit is about influence. And so if you, if, you, if you think about people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, it's not that they just have more space inside them for, for stuff to come in. It's that they allow themselves, they surrender themselves to the work of the Holy Spirit. They allow themselves to be influenced by the Holy Spirit. And when they do that, when they're fully influenced by the Holy Spirit, stuff comes out. And you can praise God, and you can speak out loud, and you can sing, and you can uh, write poems just by talking. All right? And I w- I'll, I'll close here, and we can move on to worship. But our responsibility as disciples of the Word and of the work of Christ in our lives is to move past the point of just filling us on the inside. Right? In a sense that we're full to the brim, but there's no benefit for the people around us. Right? The time has come for us to live and to worship in a way that shows you're influenced by the Holy Spirit. Stuff should be coming out of you that doesn't make sense to the wisdom of men. It's not of the wisdom of men, it's of the power of God. And so I would encourage you to to surrender each day in prayer, something, 
right? Give up something and just say, Lord, speak to me. Let me hear your word. It won't come in full power immediately, but as you persist in prayer, as you continue to seek God, it, answers come, right? Go to Luke 11 real quick, and I'll read a little, little story that, another one that I'd skipped over in my reading scripture. It's related to the power of prayer. Luke 11, Jesus is praying in a certain place, and when he got done, the disciples were like, teach us how to do that. Because <laughs> they didn't know how to, to pray. They, they knew how to read prayers that were written in scriptures. But he said to them, which of you has a friend who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for I, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to put before him. And he will answer from within, don't bother me. The door is now shut and my children are in bed with me. I cannot get up to give you anything. Right? And that's what happens when we pray. Sometimes the answer is no. Lord, fill us with the Holy Spirit. Allow us to be influenced by your Holy Spirit. Sometimes the answer is no. But as we go on in the story, what this guy does is really profound. It says, I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him anything because he's, just because he's his friend. Yet, because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. When I read that, I didn't know what the word impudence meant. So I assume there's at least three or four people here that don't. That word impudence means brazenness, boldness, in a, word, in a way that means repetitively. So you don't just ask once, necessarily. If you do and the prayer is answered, you don't have to keep praying for that. If you pray and the answer is no, what does this guy do? He keeps asking. His, his impudence, his brazenness, his, he continued to pound on the door. The kids were awake anyways, and so now he's roused everybody, not just God the Father, not just Jesus, but all three, the Holy Spirit. He, he pounds on the door. He keeps knocking. He keeps seeking. He keeps asking. And, like, the guy has to get up, right? He has to get up, and he has to answer prayer. And so I think that's the picture here. Directly after teaching us how to pray, this, this story comes into play. Like, you might not just be able to ask one time. You might have to continue this, right? And so for us, the time has come to, to worship for our, for our personal lives and for our church. We've been filled up. We have the saving blood of Jesus Christ at our inside of us. And now it's time for us to take what's inside of us and, and cultivate that and continue to persist in letting that overflow. Right? We're, we want to be filled in a way, filled with the goodness and love of Christ in a way that we can't stop it from coming out. And so I, I charge you today, speak, shout, sing, praise out loud. All right? let's, not, let's not be under a blanket of pride or fear. Right? As, we, as we come to this place, let's make it a safe place for us to proclaim God, proclaim Jesus saving us, but also the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. And so 
as we're called, our, our main calling in life is to give God the glory in all things and worship Him continually. So let's, let's uh, start that today, if you, if you wouldn't mind. I'd like to close in, in prayer, and then we'll sing some songs, um, and we'll, we'll go from this place. God, I thank you for the power in your Holy Spirit's name and, I, and, and your power to indwell us, Lord. You poured yourself into us, and you, you saved us from hell. You saved us from ourselves and the disgustingness inside of us. And Lord, thank you for replacing that in our lives. We thank you for, for the redemption that you've given to us to, to experience you, God. And so I pray that we wouldn't, wouldn't hesitate and we wouldn't procrastinate in, in experiencing that power, but Lord, that we'd access that while we're on earth, and that we would be so filled with your goodness and love that we can't help but tell others about it. And, and Lord, I pray that as we scatter that seed, that you wouldn't let it just dry up on the sidewalk. Lord, I pray that you'll prepare the hearts for what we've, we are beginning to say and do to receive you, God, and to know you. Uh, you, you want people to, to love you, and you want to love them. And so I pray that our lives will be an image of that. God, be with our time of worship today. May it be free to you and, and, and just open. We open our hearts, God. We allow you to pour in to the empty places inside us. And, and Lord, when we get filled up, let it come out. It's by the power of the Spirit and in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Thank you. Song or skip it. <laughs>